0: On this episode of PL&PJ's Spurs are struggling and the bees are buzzing. Welcome back to the Premier League Podcast with the coziest dress code. And that dress code is
1: shirts given to you in a secret Santa exchange that you can't get enough of.
0: Uh, Brent, that is actually spot on. <laughs> I did not know we added that caveat to our dress code requirement, but I am wearing a Tottenham themed shirt. I don't even know what these are called. There's like a style of shirt that I think, is. I think
1: it's called a square.
0: It is a square with words inside. Yeah, it's, it's like a or block a box word even. thing. Even. Yeah. Um, regardless, I got it for Christmas from my Santa, and mm. I'm enjoying it, so I decided to wear it for the pod.
1: Are you sure people so for those who can't see it, it's T O T on the top, then T E N, then H A M, how it's spelled. <laughs> now, are you concerned about people reading it as T T H O E A T N M in vertical lines?
0: Um, or as what I consumed over the holidays, in total, 10 hams. <laughs>
1: oh, okay, I like that. Yeah, that's fun.
0: Um, no, Brent, I don't think they're going Okay,
1: well, I just wanted to that. make sure. I think it's an important consideration.
0: Um, but now that we've wasted enough time on the shirt, uh, let's get right into our topics, which, good ones for you, as a Brentford fan. Yeah, buzz. You're, you're buzzing. Yeah. Um, not, not if... only from the whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> that you almost drank all of, uh, before we began. Um, anyway, Sorry. And not a great one for the Spurs fan in me, which is 99% of my person. Um, What's the 1%? 1% is the rest of my personality. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh, So you must be struggling. So I drink a lot (laughs) this weekend. Um, But, no, it is not a great time for Tottenham Hotspur um, and their run of form um, under Antonio Conte. They came back from the break, and they drew against your buzzing bees. And they Uh, came
1: back to draw.
0: They did, which was classic Tottenham. Um, At that point, they had gone behind in nine matches in a row, Um, but they had rescued, like, 11 or 13 points um, in those nine matches, which is kind of crazy. Um, But then we went and played Aston Villa at home on New Year's Day, and we lost... 2-0 in one of the worst performances I can remember as a Spurs fan, and that was 10 matches in all competitions um, in a row that we went behind, and I believe five of the last six we went behind 2-0. Wow. So um, not great form for Tottenham as everyone else seems to be doing well.
1: Yeah, so that that bet call-out that you had of uh, Tottenham to concede first... Still hitting.
0: It did. Still yeah. Still
1: hitting. And Jake, I just wanted to pull up something that I sent to you, which is a tweet uh, from Fabrizio Romano quoting Conte, this is good. saying, "I want to be honest and very clear. I've said this to the club. Totten- Tottenham fans deserve the best. That sounds nice. That
0: sounds nice. It starts off great.
1: And then he continues on to say, maybe to stay in fifth is the best. Maybe sixth, seventh, fifth, or fourth is the best." <laughs>
0: I, <laughs> that feels big. <vague. laughs> I love that he goes down and, and, then, back and then back up. up realizes fifth, that he, it's fourth, sounding wait. worse and then goes back up. Maybe I shouldn't be so pessimistic. Yeah. They could actually fire me.
1: Well, he could be pessimistic at home, but maybe not in front of the media.
0: Absolutely. I, I feel like you have a duty as a manager, um, if you still want to be employed, to have some sort of optimism. Yeah. Uh, the second that you start saying those pessimistic things is when you, you lose the fans and you lose the club and the backing. And you get sacked. Um, I don't think we're at that point with Antonio Conte. Um, I do think that it has been a, uh, a tough run, as we have mentioned. But um, he didn't really get the complete backing that he wanted in the summer. So that is one caveat to this you know, tough situation he's been in. But uh, it's also just... Not acceptable. As, as a Tottenham fan, I, I think that we are so underperforming that uh, he's going to lose a majority of the fan base if it continues. And it is January, so it, if there is a time to be in bad form, it's going into a transfer window so that you can prove and just kind of show the board that you need more things, more you know, squad players to um, you know get out of this bad form.
1: Yeah, Jake, that's, uh, I, I mean, I would concur with that. It isn't the worst time for them to be in bad form. However, I mean, this is also a crucial time in the season with how congested the fixtures are. You would hope that Tottenham, after you know, not being in the best form, would find a basically month-and-a-half break refreshing, a time when the players could reset, maybe come back fresh, refine some form. I think it's more concerning that they've come back and arguably, arguably been worse. Yeah. Um, I, I think that that's what I'm most concerned about. Um. And and I don't know, I just I don't really see a way back right now for Spurs. This not to say like they're going to drop all the way down to 15 sure. on the table, just more to have a European place run with how well other teams are performing right now, Um. I think is it's hard to see a way back
0: yeah and the the, the feeling of <laughs> sorry my, my dog has found a toy and is uh, whipping it around the room and he's really enjoying himself uh, but the feeling within at least the supporters uh, podcast that I've been listening to is that it's a big debate whether or not it's a Conte problem, it's the player's problem or it's the board's problem and I, I think it's a mix of all three. Um, I don't think the players go out there and give it their all like they should be doing. I I think that they've kind of been lacking um, in the effort category. And obviously I've talked about Conte, but moving on to the board, I think they have not really shelled out the cash to the extent that Conte needs and has been continuously saying that he needs. Um, So I think going into January, they're gonna need to make a big statement or else um, they're gonna lose his faith, the supporters faith. And it's going to just continue to go downhill. I will say on, on a quick note about the upcoming transfer window um, from a Spurs standpoint, I believe they've made an inquiry for Ruslan Malinovsky from um, Atlanta, who could be that creative uh, midfielder that we are missing uh, that can be subbed on when we are looking um, kind of creatively inept, which we have been in the past. Uh, but a disheartening uh, development is that we have kind of lost interest in Pedro Poro uh, at Sporting because his release clause is $45 million and we're not Ooh. willing to shell out that for a right wing back, which, uh, Brent, not sure if you know this, we're in, Matt des- Doherty's <laughs> <back>. <laughs> <laughs> we're in desperate need of. Uh, none of ours are playing well or are trusted by uh, the manager, and we're not willing to pay $45 million for um, one that has been proven um, in the Portuguese League and the Champions League uh, when we played against them.
1: Yeah, I think the, the other thing that I would say, though, is it, it does feel a little damning on Conte to me. Okay. Um, in the sense that I understand he wants to play a certain way. He is a very strong-minded manager. He has his system, and it works. We've seen it in Italy. Um, we've seen it at Chelsea. You know, he, is, he has his way of doing things, but he has a board that isn't going to back him like those other two. That's no fault of his own, but you also have to be pragmatic in the sense of you have to work with what you got. If you don't have the players right now to play how you want to yeah. play, why do you keep forcing them to play that way? Because when you look at the team, they have a great midfield core like ro- between the rotation of players, the depth, the options. Hoiberg is a great player player with Basuma as well, I think is a great partnership as Mm -hmm. defensive center midfielders. So maybe you get away from the, and I I guess I don't know what they've been doing as recently, but the three at the back system that, or five at the back, depending on what you want to call it, where, you know, you, you could afford to lose one of those central or center backs if you're willing to just play a true defensive double pivot. And there's no, he's not very malleable. And I think that's kind of coming back to bite him in the butt while the players aren't playing well, while he doesn't have the support system, he's doing himself no favors by saying we're still going to play the same way regardless.
0: Yeah, I I think he's kind of stuck in the mold that he's used to of that 5-3 slash at the back. That worked for us at the end of last season. It got us Champions League football, but now you're seeing we can't keep a clean sheet, and our our biggest weaknesses are at the back, and we're consistently playing a defensive type of football. We're, We're counting on giving up Um, zero or one goals uh, a match and it's just not happening we're conceding twice in over half of our matches which is a ridiculous stat especially for a Conte side so you have to take a different approach until you can fulfill um, that need of a better center back uh, that can kind of solidify that Tottenham defense and he's just not changing and I think if he continues to do what he's doing it's it's going to Um, lead to Spurs finishing outside of Europe.
1: Well, that's what I was about to ask, Jake, is seeing how things are going now. We know things aren't going well. We know that they're having trouble splashing the cash. We know the players aren't performing. We know that Conte's stubborn. We know that Daniel Levy is stubborn. Yeah. (laughs) Where do you see them realistically finishing this season?
0: If we don't sign anyone in January, at least if we don't sign a center back or a right wing back in January, I think we finish... Um, sixth or seventh if we do sign one or both i think we can fight for that fourth spot Um, but we're not going to without reinforcements Um, i know injuries right now have plagued us Uh, we didn't have bentonker richarlison koulusevsky for that last match uh, the two nil defeat against villa but that's not an excuse Uh, we're trying to be a top four club consistently you need to have the depth you look at every other club in that conversation They have far more depth than Tottenham right now, and they need to go out in January and they need to flash the cash. I don't care if it's a 45 million release clause for a player that's valued around that much. Um, you, You need to make moves and show the club that you mean, or the fans, that you mean business as a club and back a manager, one of the best managers you've ever had in the history of your club, and go from there.
1: Well, yeah, Jake, I I tend to agree with you, um, and and I don't want to rush out of this segment, but you mentioned the best manager that a club has ever had, mm-hmm. and that makes me think of a certain Thomas Frank. Oh, who has led the bees to Brentford? Yeah, just recently, seventh place in the Premier League. That's who would exciting. have ever seen that coming in their second season up?
0: They were like, not not doing so hot previously and uh they've they've really shown a lot of resilience and i think i picked them to be relegated you did at the beginning of the season um which has proven me to be a silly silly idiot um oh, come on don't that. <laughs> but yeah um i've watched a majority of their performances since the break which is they're two, fun to watch Two of three games yeah. and they've looked fantastic and um tony didn't even play against liverpool did correct. he correct
1: Yeah, he was out. It was Wisa and Emblemo Mm -hmm. leading the line for the
0: Brentford Bees. And they kind of just, I mean, kind of not bossed Liverpool because Liverpool had the possession. Yeah, they They, had like 80% possession. They had the shots. um, But they kind of played their style of play, and it worked in their advantage, and Liverpool just couldn't break them down and were susceptible to the counterattack.
1: Yeah, I, I think as somebody who's watched a lot of their games this year, one thing that I like about Brentford this season is that they're not trying to be something that they're not. They are very aware that they are not a Liverpool. And they are not even a Newcastle. They play very direct. They get the ball forward as quick as possible, press a lot, and are defensively sound. And they just basically play for quick attacks. That's that's really it. Yeah. But it's working. I'm intrigued to see, just thinking for, I don't think they're going to be relegated this season. Um. So thinking into forward <laughs> Premier League seasons, I'm intrigued to see how they start to make that transition. If they're just comfortable being in that, you know, mid-table, maybe maybe even upper mid-table if they're lucky, but mid-table position playing the same way with the same types of players or if they start trying to hold on to their bigger sign, you know, or bigger players like like Tony, like Ben Mee, yeah. like David Rea, who has some links around Europe. Um and seeing if they can retain those players and start to develop the way of play uh into one of those I don't know. I think of somebody like Southampton a few years ago when they were pushing up into those seventh places. You know, West Ham kind of ebbs and flows. And and I'm intrigued to see where Brentford goes from here. But as it stands right now, this season against the Big Six, the only game they've lost was to Arsenal, which was a revenge match for Arsenal given sure. the first game of the season the year before, um, which was absolutely electric. But um, I don't know. I'm, I'm really intrigued to see how they continue this season. I know that when Tony got injured... A lot of people thought they were in trouble mm-hmm. against Liverpool, but they've shown that you know they're very confident in the way that they want to play and in the way that they're set up. And I don't know. I think for them, relatively, this guy's the limit.
0: I agree, Brent. Um, I, I do. I did have some worries about them kind of being an attacking force in scoring goals um, without toning the lineup because his uh, suspension that eventually will come because of right <laughs> <laughs> because of the gambling. Um, charges, but they showed against Liverpool that they could get results against big teams even without their talisman. So I, I, is there someone that you as a Brentford fan um, can point to in that lineup that can really carry them going forward if Tony is to miss um, a large portion of the second half?
1: Jake, so the answer that I'm going to give you is, I think, one that's going to surprise you. And I would say that it's been me. At the back, <gasps> uh, and what I mean Whoa. by that is just when you say when you think of somebody that's gonna like take Ivan Tony's place, you think like, oh, they need goals, they need somebody who can score, they need somebody who can be an option, they need somebody who can take pressure off their teams and command respect from the other team. I think Brian Embuemo has potential to be that. Um, it was said during the commentary, I can't remember who the commentary or commentator was during their last match against Liverpool, but he essentially said Embuemo lacks a little bit of that composure in front of net to truly be, you know the strike partner right now that Evan Tony needs even though they have a good relationship Wisa can produce great moments off the bench Um, not usually so much when he starts however he did technically score a hat trick against Liverpool
0: VAR yeah
1: two VAR (laughs) call offs but um, for me it's been me who has been a massive signing for them this season who has lots of Premier League experience, and is just kind of a calming presence for them at the back. He made a goal-line clearance against Darwin Nunez in the first half of their game against Liverpool. And I think when Tony's out, it's more of a leadership gap when he's not there and an energy gap that I think, while they're different personalities, Ben Mee can provide that kind of stability, and sure. kind of leadership, and experience that they need.
0: Two things, Brent. You mentioned Darwin Nunez. He is not a flop, Um Really? As one of my friends. What makes you say that? Wanted me to make sure I plugged in this podcast. Okay. Um, secondly, is he a Liverpool fan? Yes. <laughs> <is>. All right. <laughs> secondly, um, and more to the point, uh, I do like the pick of Ben Mee. And I think that kind of that leadership coming out from the back is a big part of their team. You mentioned last season when Raya got hurt that it's going to be a big blow. And it was because of that leadership that he brings um, and how a lot of their buildup starts um, from all the way from the keeper. Even um, another thing about Ben Me is that he is second in the Premier League in blocked shots.
1: Oh yeah, he's all um, over the place.
0: Second only, and twenty block shots behind <laughs> James Tarkovsky. Yeah, um, you can his take, old partner. You can take the man, or you can take the man out of Burnley. Yeah, but you can't take. You Burnley can't take the Sean Dyke out, out of, of, man. The, out of <laughs> you can't. the Out of the man. <laughs>
1: uh ain't that the truth <laughs> um
0: but yeah so I, I i do like that pick as as your person to look for if you're a, a Brentford player or supporter to be the leader going forward and i i think that he has all the characteristics needed to uh lead this Brentford team to not just a top half finish but you know maybe in the conversation for like conference league i, I don't think so yeah I, I don't think they'll make that there's you know too many good Too many teams. good scenes. I mean, you we think where like Chelsea lot. is right now Absolutely. and Liverpool. Um, but, I mean, you know, it's a foundation. You're building foundation for the future.
1: I I think my my just much like you did one for Tottenham, is yeah. I think they need to – so I, one thing that Brentford does really well and one thing that I like about they are very prepared for losing star players. They already have, like, the replacements in mind before they go. They've already scouted them. Um and and to that point, I think they're ready to bring in maybe in January an option for perhaps their right back slot. Mm-hmm. Um, not that they've lost anybody, but Rico Henry's great on the left. I sure. think they need somebody to lock down on the right and have that position a little bit more solidified than Godos and Roslev.
0: Emerson Royale.
1: Sure, why not? I mean, it, that's still an upgrade, it I is. think, <laughs> based on uh, you know what they've got, but. Because of that, I, I think they finished 10th this year, 10th okay. or 11th. Um, and I think that's a great season for them. I, I don't, you know, whether or not they continue to pick up points against the big six, so be it. But I, I think it's more they, you know, they, they're still a newly promoted side. They're still going to struggle to get points against yeah, the, the mid-table teams. I think you time. can
0: call them that for one more season, maybe. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I agree with all that. Yeah. Um, as my dog tries to get a ball from it's underneath. It's a lot like
1: Tom Hanks' hand stuck in the pickle jar. His <laughs> ball
0: is stuck underneath the TV stand, TV stand. And he cannot get it. And he can't get
1: it. Do you want me to get it while you and, and transition making... the bets? Absolutely. <laughs>
0: um, Brent, being the good Samaritan that he is, is going to help my dog uh, get that ball from underneath the TV stand. As we move into our bets for this week, which is a little different because it's the FA Cup this weekend. <laughs> So no no Premier League matches until the midweek next week I believe uh, maybe Thursday but regardless we are going to do some um, FA Cup bets which are a little different because you have a little different options um, and I'm going to start us off with our surprise ah! thank you yes um, odds is Burnley to qualify against Bournemouth I have it at minus one twenty. And I think that's a pretty good odds for a, a Burnley side who is uh, top of the championship, I believe, Brent. Maybe.
1: Yes, yeah. Yes. Vincent Company has them in great form Sorry, for some reason in my head I heard Bournemouth And I was like, they're, they're not in the championship <laughs> are they? Yeah. Well, yeah, they're playing Bournemouth yes, Right. <laughs> <laughs> good,
0: good name recognition Yeah, woo. anyway, yes, you're right And a Bournemouth, Bournemouth team who's not in great form um, Missing some players And I think in the FA Cup You kind of give the slight advantage to the underdog and Especially
1: is... a recently demoted team Against a newly promoted
0: one Absolutely um,
1: Not unlike Beauty and the Beast It's a tale as old as time Perfect analogy, Brent.
0: Um, But Brent, moving on to our game pick of the week.
1: Yeah, where we have under three and a half goals in Tottenham versus Portsmouth at minus 130.
0: And Brent, this kind of goes back to what I was just talking about, a Spurs side that doesn't look like themselves. I think there's going to be some rotations um, made by Conte. Maybe it's, you know, people, fringe players getting some looks. Um, because we we saw in the EFL Cup that he did not really care that much as we went out to Nottingham Forest. So I think Spurs starts slow. Um, I do think we progress, but I don't think there are more than three goals, which is the line for this game. So I think under three and a half, um, pr- pretty good, Mr. Brent.
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I appreciate you calling that out. I know that it probably hurts to bet. Not, I mean, you're not betting against your team, but you'd like to think that Tottenham could pull out a better performance. But... Jake, with that out of the way, I guess we can move on to perhaps player. our player.
0: Yeah. Yet. And Brent, it's someone uh, that you're familiar with with your old allegiances. Um, it's oh. a Manchester United play uh, against Everton. Oh,
1: you! I, I see that we're picking Garnancho
0: to yeah. score at plus 270. I think uh, he's been getting some starts here or there, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for him to get another start against a struggling Everton side um, that may be without a manager at that point. True. Um, yes. We're expecting Lampard to get sacked between now, Tuesday, and um, Thursday when this is released. Um, so that's our little prediction. So yeah, I think Garnascio, um played super well before the World Cup and is going to continue to shine and is going to get on uh, the score sheet. Uh, but our last one is our Parlay. Parlay
1: Pirates Code.
0: We'll spare you the Pirates of the Caribbean... Sparrow you the Pirates of the Caribbean <laughs> References. <ones>. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I'm going to cut straight to the point, um, going all the way back to our last week's topic. We have Crystal Palace to win and both teams to score in their uh, matchup against Southampton, who we think is uh, pretty weak.
1: Yeah, I agree. And um, Jake, would you mind reading us the other sure. leg as
0: well? Well, that's, that's both legs, Brent. Oh, Crystal Palace to win. Yes, and both teams to score. Oh, it's
1: all in one game. There's that, no other. No. Oh, it, I thought it perhaps is, there it was what
0: be... the kids say is the same game parlay. Oh,
1: I'm glad that we made that distinction because I think the listener, not unlike me, might have been confused. sure.
0: Absolutely. Um, that's plus two seventy. So I think it was like plus one ten for uh, Crystal Palace just to win, but you add Southampton to also get um a goal in there, and it. Bumps you up to plus 270, Brent. And I think, you know, that's that's all I got to say about that one. I think Southampton are bad, and Crystal Palace at home are, are a good team.
1: Yeah, hopefully with Chris Richards playing as well, Ooh, back from fun. injury. Yeah. Um. If you haven't seen it, speaking of the USMNT, catch up on some Twitter drama about what's going on with the coaching situation there.
0: <clears throat> yeah, we're not going to comment one way or the other. Yeah, um,
1: And we shouldn't. There's not enough facts out about You no. know, there's there's nothing really to be said about it. But uh, if you're interested, hey,
0: That's maybe you. take a look. Yeah, read That's it. That's on you. Uh, not
1: unlike maybe a gold doubloon hung around your neck on a chain, if your name is Kira Knightley, Cursed, Mayan. cursed. Yeah, cursed gold. Mayan gold. Yeah. Um, just, I mean, that that reference came out of nowhere though. Like, I, I just like that's just something that came to me.
0: Let's let's see if we can get a streak going of how many times we can mention Mayan gold in back to back to back podcasts. I bet we could do it. <laughs> so keep that in mind next week as as we're going through the show. And I, see. I almost had
1: such a bad pun. You said keep that in mind, and I wanted to make a Mayan thing so bad. Keep that in
0: Mayan. Yeah, that's dumb.
1: No, it wouldn't have worked. So that's why I stopped myself. I'm glad you now didn't. you sound I'm dumb because <laughs> you said it. So jokes on you! Ha ha ha! Giggles are done, oh and uh, and we're done. And we're done. So is Wings. He finally stopped playing right in time for the podcast. Then he,
0: he always calms down at the perfect time. Yeah, um, that rascal. But Brent, um, happy new year! Happy new year! Happy twenty twenty three! Happy new year! Um, we hope that the new year treats you well and. We hope to get started with some good bets. We ended the year. On great bets. With great bets. We were three for four, including our parlay. So if you want to count those as individual bets, we were four for five. Yeah. Um, And and we needed it. And we <laughs> needed it. We were one Brentford or West Ham goal away from going four for four. Yeah, that would have been nice. Would have been Next a time. This time. Uh, this time. Yeah. We're going to go four but, for four.
1: But if it doesn't happen, it's because these are FA Cup bets and not Premier League bets.
0: We will have an excuse each week. Every single Until time. we go 4 for 4.
1: Yeah. So make sure to listen next week. Exactly. When we have more bets and possibly more excuses.
0: From the Premier League podcast with the coziest dress code. The, de-
1: the dress code may or may not include secret Santa t-shirts, but, but mainly jammies.
0: Definitely jammies. Yeah. We'll see you next time.